All right, all right, all right. Trying to keep the trains on time. Here we go. Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. Our group is the Encouragers. We come together for this event every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And of course, in case you've not gotten the update, we have turned both our Monday live events and our Wednesday live events into individual podcasts available anywhere, anytime. The Wednesday event will be followed by an episode of what we call the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. Today's live event will be the Encouragers the Radio Rally podcast and will become available later tonight, possibly within an hour or so of the actual broadcast event. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them. You can also subscribe to our individual podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. When you do that, you'll get immediate access to things like former Disney executive and current Jonas Group Entertainment CEO, Phil Garini, who shared with us what his goal isn't when it comes to making a fresh talent famous and also the kinds of things he looks for in talent today or you can hear from major market programmer Jimmy Steele as he talked to us about the next step that radio must take to really move ahead with mobile and on-demand consumers of today. We have great guests and insight every single week that will help you grow, help you learn, and help you meet the challenges of a career in the 21st century. Meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app, of course, or you can subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers The Radio Rally Podcast are both on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Jesse Tack from B105 in Cincinnati, myself, and of course, Heather Froglier from KFrog in Riverside, San Bernardino, co-host this live event with several really great radio guests sharing encouragement about radio right now. Jesse Tack is off this particular uh, episode or live event because he is actually on a cross-country adventure with his brother Joey Tack, and he's not available for tonight's live event. He will return next Monday. Today is our Western Sky live event with two amazing programmers impacting local communities out west. Today is also my birthday, so be kinder than you have to be. Here is our list of guests for today. Steve Hunter, who is the Director of Broadcast Operations Programming uh, for Griffin Communications in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's with us. He will be joined tonight on this live event by Buzz Jackson. Program Director, K-I-I-M, 99.5 FM, and of course, The Vibe, Classic Hip Hop in Tucson, Arizona. If you have been on our radio rally before, you know that I'd like to review what's coming up next week before we get started with this week's amazing guest. Next week is our Being Real on the Radio event, and it features David Dubow, who is the market president of Town Square Media in Tuscaloosa, Alabama and Steve Kramer from Kramer and Jess Mornings at Mix 106.5 WWMX, Baltimore, Maryland. Please don't forget, we are also lucky next week to have Devin O'Day from New Media 
and uh, Main Street Media as our co-host for Heather Froglier, who will be out that week. Something about a vacation, maybe? We'll, we'll check in on that in a minute. We do have amazing guests scheduled for this live event every single Monday all the way through September, and you really should see the list if you've not seen it. Check our upcoming guests for free in our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com because encouragement is one of our services as a company. You will also find free encouragement for you if you're on air or promotions with our more than live and local guest series and encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series as well as free resources for anyone in radio today. Please feel free to share our free resources with anyone in radio. We don't lock away things on our website the way some consultants do, so you can go to rainmakerpathway.com at any time and see what you can get for free from our team. By the way, if you yourself, you know somebody who would make an excellent guest on the radio rally, somebody you really want to hear from, please send me their contact information to Ford, F-O-R-D, at rainmakerpathway.com. We do encourage having a mentor and networking, so to that end, Please follow the people you see on stage at this event. Look around the room. Connect with people in this room as well during the live event. This event has a purpose. We're here to encourage you in your broadcast career. My name is Lloyd Ford, and I am a branding, strategic programming, and morning show coaching consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. The work that we do with local broadcasters is focused on brand development, growing ratings, and revenue. Our clients love the way our music lab makes their station stand out and capture more audience. And they also enjoy our morning show fame development coaching, which focuses on bringing value of their morning entertainers out more so they can make more money as well. So uh, we also spend a lot of our time with clients making their lives easier, no matter what they need in their local market. We provide everything from voice trackers to music logs, image writing, and so much more. We've got what you need and we are market exclusive. If you know somebody with a ratings challenge, we'd like to meet them and we'd love to help. You are listening to our regular live event on Mondays called the Radio Rally. This group does not grow without you. Please invite your radio friends to join us. You can tell them what we're all about, which is encouraging them in their radio career and tell them how they can join us right here, Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Heather, this is one of my favorite times of the week. You know this is true. It's where I get to ask you questions, which is sort of like putting you uh, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, kind of on a hot seat. How are you? I'm good. Happy birthday to you, buddy. Oh, thank you so much. Listen, I did not know, I, I swear I did not know this until this week. I should be ashamed of myself. Your dad was a colonel in the United States Air Force. Is, first, is that true? That is true. At one, at one point, I think it was the early 80s, he was promoted to full bird. He was the youngest in the wow. entire Air Force. He was, I think, in his 30s. But yeah. Got all those hot shots in your family. Listen, here's what I want to know. What did you learn as an Air Force kid? Uh, some might say Air Force brat, right? Yep, yep. That that you you could apply easily to your radio business today. In other words, I guess what I'm really asking is, um, tell us about the influence that that had on you that you can use now. That's a completely easy question. Um, I moved probably 15 times before I graduated high school. Um, and so... 
you know, my brothers were my best friends. We had to make friends really quickly, depending on what base we were stationed at. And uh, that can definitely apply today. You become very good communicators. So you learn to make friends quickly. Same with radio. You're basically, when you crack the mic, you're trying to make friends with your audience every day. So I think that was a benefit to being a brat. Boy, I had sort of a similar experience and uh, it does change you a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and, and you also might end up in a situation where you hear people talk about how they went to school with somebody since they were in first grade and you're like, what? I know. It yeah. is kind of, um, I have some friends that have never moved, you know, from where they live now. And it, it is kind of odd to me. It's like, there's so much beauty in the United States in general and just some of the States I've been stationed at. And, um, yeah, you at least take vacations out there, you know, because you there's so much to see. I always got excited moving to a new place, which, of course, probably doomed me to be in the radio business, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So with concerts cranking up, you know, surely you expect to be working all of those concerts, I bet. What have you personally missed about not going to concerts and events over the last 14, 15 or so months? I've missed the long bathroom lines. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, you know, no, only the uh, women get those, right? Oh, they're just as bad, believe me. But, um, yeah. you know, I think I've missed the same things a lot of folks have. The artists, obviously, our audience. Um, you know, that moment right when the lights go down before the artist takes the stage, that roar and the stomping of the feet and all that stuff. And singing along in the, in the venue to all their songs. I miss all that. The camaraderie. It's well, been a nice break. I'm not going to lie. It's been a nice break. But, no, right. Um, you kind of get used to it, and, and they're really going to rock you now because you know you're going to be all the time doing concerts, right? Oh, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure the energy for the artist is going to be pretty amazing and emotional, I'm sure, you know, as they all get back on stage after having, you know, a year and a half off. So I'm excited to hear that. Well, and I don't think it should be lost on any of us that these concerts and events and mixing it up with people, that is radio's gig. That's yeah. us. So it's, it is a very good development that we're all pretty grateful for. As encouragers, I felt, you know, I, I just review questions that I want to ask you. And sometimes I go, you know what? I, I need to ask you one question that focuses on others this week. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want to know. Do you have a networking tip for people in the radio business? Uh, well, the first, first one would definitely be to at least try and attend for country radio, country radio seminar. Um, that's a great place to, you know, go meet others. Um, social media is actually a great tool and it's been a great tool over the last 10 years for me, um, interacting with folks that I don't know from radio. I belong to a bunch of different groups like radio peeps and country radio peeps and women in radio. And, you know, you see some of your heroes on there and people that you've admired from a distance and, you know, never be afraid to reach out and say, oh my God, I love your show. I've listened to you. Or I like how you program your music or chiming in when they have a problem that they need solved. Um, that's been, I mean, really social media, Facebook, Instagram has been really beneficial to and, me. And doesn't it intimidate you at first? You see somebody that you think, oh my God, there they are. And all I have to do is click this little button and I could say hi. I know that. Sounds yeah. Easy, but there are, way, I'll give you yeah. instance. Um, you know, if you, when you're in radio, you have your, the people that you admire, not necessarily for their content, but how they, uh, have, you know, Howard Stern's a great example. I may not agree with, you know, the earlier days of Howard and some of the stuff. Um, but like Tom Likas, who was huge out here in LA, and, 
again, I don't necessarily agree with some of the content, but he's damn good at what he does. And, um, you know, we connected via Facebook and I got to tell him, I really admire what you've done. And since you've taken it off online, um, he's just, a, he's actually a really good person. And uh, I've enjoyed that. So. Well, and that's what you like most is when you contact somebody that you think is, oh my God, they're so legendary and you talk to them or whatever, and they're nice people. And You're normal. Like, oh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, no, they're from radio, so how can they well, really exactly. get normal? I mean, you know. So, listen, you've got a great guest for us, don't you? I do. And ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to have Buzz here today. Um, he is also a 2021 inductee into the Country Radio Hall of Fame. So congrats, Buzz. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> He's the PD at Kim, Tust uh, Kim FM t in Tucson and also the PD at The Vibe classic hip-hop station so i thought it'd be really neat to kind of pick his brain today um programming two different formats but first buzz so tell us how did you find out that you were going to be inducted into the country radio hall of fame and and when i'm done i want to hear how you found out because i'm sure you know everyone finds out differently for me um karen delessandro who was for a long time at uh, uh iheart in um in in milwaukee uh, she and I have been friends for a long time. She tried to get me uh, to um, do the morning show on the um, the script station, KTI up there, um, when they were they had a morning show opening, and that was right before the uh, scripts got out of radio. And um, I, I was like, I don't think I want to work for a company and not know who my boss is going to be in a couple months or whatever. I wound up passing on that, but we've been good friends over the years. And um, she's in the Hall of Fame. She has been in it for a few years. And um, so when she found out that I was going to be uh, inducted, she raised her hand and said, I want to tell Buzz. And so she she told me that she was working on a um, like an audition for she just moved to Phoenix. So she's doing uh, rock station in Phoenix now. And she told me she was uh, going to like audition for a, a side gig doing some TV and she needed uh, like a, a guest, a potential guest on a Zoom call. And I said, sure, I'll do that, you know um that'll be fun and um and so we we get on the zoom this this particular i think it was a thursday and uh, she wanted to know about how the country music community is um dealing with the after effect of the pandemic and things getting to normal and all that stuff we we're talking for a few minutes and she asked me about you know how how i'll know when things are normal and i said well you know the big milestones are going to be when the um when the tours come through at this point we had you know a bazillion tours scheduled but none have started yet um, and I was like, that'll be the big milestone for the audience is that'll be, you know, some, some normalcy, some back to, back to, uh, the routine for them. And she says, well, speaking of milestones, and she held up a piece of paper on the zoom and said, I'm really calling you to tell you that you're one of the inductees into the country radio hall of fame this year. Oh my gosh. And I was flabbergasted. I never in a million years saw that coming. She pulled one over on me. So, uh, it was really, really, uh, a big surprise. Of course I had to get off the phone or get off the zoom right away and call my wife and call my mom. Well, sure. Um, I had been, um, somebody had thrown my name in the hat a couple of years ago. I had gotten the questionnaire. I think it was like 2018 and I filled it out and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, well, that's that. And you know, that's, that's it. Um, so I was really surprised because I didn't get a questionnaire this year. No one, uh, <laughs> nobody from the hall of fame sent me a questionnaire. I guess they assumed everything from three years ago was pretty much the same. And, uh, so that was another layer to the surprise was I, I just had no idea it was coming. When uh, that's kind of like, you know, um, a feather in your cap for a really long and amazing career. Can you take us back to the start of your radio journey? How did you get bit by the bug and where, where all have you been? So when I was, uh, I grew up in New York, like outside of uh, New York City and Long Island. 
And as long as I can remember, since I was like five years old, all I wanted to do was be on the radio. Um, I, uh, my mom tells stories about, you know, me listening after bedtime to WABC and WNBC in New York. And then later Z100 and PLJ at the early eighties and mid eighties when they were, you know, head to head in the, uh, the top 40 war there. And, uh, literally that's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, I went to college in Syracuse. I majored in television, radio, and film, and I only paid attention during the radio classes. I spent all my extra time at the uh, college radio station. And then uh, when I got out, um, I started applying for jobs, and this was the late 80s. And so you'd send a tape, and you'd follow up with a phone call, and hopefully somebody you know would return your call or pick up the phone. And um, the first uh, the first bite I got was for part-time at a, at a top 40 station in West Palm. It was overnights uh, on the weekend doing uh doing overnights for a top 40 station and uh, as luck would have it my aunt and uncle lived in west palm so I, I i got the interview and i called my aunt and i was like can i come down and stay with you for you know a week figuring this will you know I'll, I'll do the interview and we'll see what happens and if i have to stay longer than a week i'll figure that out and so they offered me the job and uh, i wound up staying with my aunt and uncle for three months before i was able to get my own apartment and i was in uh this is wovv long gone now uh, in West Palm. And I was there for about a year and a half. And then my first full-time gig was a top 40 station in Tallahassee. And uh, I worked for Brian Douglas there, who's now in Greensboro. He's been in Greensboro for close to 30 years now. And I learned an awful lot in like a year from him. And he sent some people onto huge markets from that radio station. Um, he sent um, 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 Rich Stevens in the late 80s, went from, from Tallahassee, Florida to weekends in New York City a couple of folks like that so i was like okay well that certainly won't hurt to have these call letters on my resume and then i was there for about a year and a half and then i went to uh, daytona beach for a year and that was also a top 40 station and uh at the end of a year or so they changed format and uh it went from being a top 40 to a rock 40 station and that was kind of the trendy thing at the time was these like rock leaning you had rhythmic leaning top 40s at the time and then you also had rock leaning top 40s at that time and they decided it didn't fit the new format, and so they let me go. And as luck would have it, it was the beginning of Duopolis, and over in Orlando, New City had um, uh, licensed or leased, I guess, the uh, uh, the airtime at another radio station. It was one of the first Duopolis in the country. And to protect K92FM, which was their legendary radio station, they put on a young country station. We were one of the handful of young country stations at the time. This is late 92, and so right at the Billy Ray Cyrus, Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, Travis Trigg, Clint Black era is when I got my introduction into country radio. And uh, the folks that they hired for this station, they were all out of work top 40 people. We had no idea what we were doing. Uh, we were learning as we went. And um, I'm proud to say that I'm still friends with a lot of people uh, from that era that I worked with, including, uh, I see him down below, LSB Feaster. Um, he and I bonded over not having a clue as to what we were doing. And, um, and uh, and that was that. So I was there for a couple of years, and then uh, I had a short detour back to West Palm to work for WRMF, which was the uh, the Heritage AC station. And then after that, um, I wanted to get back into country, and so I was in Jacksonville. I did afternoons for six years there. They made me music director pretty quickly, and then program director pretty quickly after that. And uh, then in 2001, about a year or two after, um, uh, it was Clear Channel in Jacksonville, and they had just merged with JCOR. And Jay Corr on the other country station in town. And so we kind of saw the writing on the wall that, um, you know, they were going to probably put the two together, maybe turn one of them off and certainly have one program director for the two country stations. And uh, that was when the opportunity to come out to Tucson uh, happened. 
and that was uh, June of 01. And so I just celebrated my uh, 20th anniversary out here and the rest is history. That's amazing. Do you have a format that you like that gives you the chills thinking of, I mean, like everybody I think has a format they're kind of afraid to do. Is there one that kind of makes you nervous? That's a good question. Maybe no, you know what? Uh, um, that's a good question. I don't know enough about um, about the rock formats, particularly the uh, you know the last twenty or twenty five years of, of of rock. So I don't think I'd be comfortable doing that. Top forties changed a lot in the in the thirty years since I've done that. Um, I always wanted to do when our company owned WPLJ in New York. I always had this fantasy that someday somebody would ask me on the last minute to do, you know, voice track and overnight shift or something like that. So I could be heard in my hometown and uh, that never happened. But uh, I don't know that there's any format that, uh, that scares me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, having done country with no experience, I think, I think, <laughs> I think yeah. in my head, I, I can do pretty much anything now. <laughs> um, I could, um, well, let me, let me ask you this. What's more challenging for you, programming hip hop or country? Or what's more fun? Which one of the two? Boy, that's a tough one. Um, country, the classic hip hop is its own kind of little beast. Um, we put that on a couple of years ago because uh, we had a, an underperforming signal in the cluster that didn't have full market coverage. And we thought we'll do something unique and different and um, and people will seek it out versus, you know, it's, it's not the kind of mass appeal radio station um, that maybe, you know, um, I mean, if we had a full signal on this, on this little station, we would probably do something that, uh, was a little more mass appeal. We needed something a little nichey and, um, classic hip hop, hip hop has a pretty good sized heritage following in Tucson and particularly the West coast. And, um, the, the best thing about, <laughs> I'll be honest, the best thing about that station is, uh, I can schedule weeks in advance the music cause there's no currents. And uh, so when I have a spare moment, I'll just get a little bit ahead on that thing. And that way I can concentrate more day to day on Kim. Kim yeah. is a beast. Kim is, uh, you know, one of those radio stations. That it's uh, close to 40 years old now. It's okay. one of those radio stations that's a living, breathing organism. It's more than just the music. And so it requires uh, some more attention than, uh, than, than the vibe does. But the vibe is a lot of fun to listen to. It's the same. It's centered in the same area as the, the giant country music boom from the 90s. Snoop Dogg mm -hmm. is the George Strait of classic hip hop. And so we yes. play about, you know, probably a Snoop Dogg song every 35 or 40 minutes on the vibe. I love Snoop. <laughs> he actually um, <clears throat> coaches kids football down here. He's from a town called Diamond Bar out here in Southern California. So that's really yeah. cool. Um, we noticed on the encouragers that when we ask people to talk about their mentor, it's usually more than one person. So we've kind of changed it when we asked this question, who would you say Buzz is on your Mount Rushmore of mentors? <laughs> That's a good one. So I've got at least three, um, Rusty Walker, Rusty, uh, you know, obviously a legend. And he was one of the architects of the, uh, the station in Orlando that we all, you know, blindly stumbled our way through for a couple of years. Um, I'll never forget the conference call that, that we had. It was the, the bunch of us, um, around a conference table in Orlando and Rusty on the speakerphone. And the one, you know, it's funny, the one word, the one phrase that has always stuck with me since that day, he said, word economy. And, uh, you know, that's the art of saying more in less. And uh, that has stuck with me all these years. But Rusty has been great throughout my career. It's sad that we lost him a couple of years ago. Um, also on the Rusty team, Bob Glasgow. Bob was uh, instrumental in getting me out here. 
to Arizona. And then uh, I, I respect Jay Albright. Uh, um, she's an amazing consultant and just a great person. Um, those are the three, but boy, there's so many people that I've watched and, 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 and learned from over the years. Sure. I mean, I grew up, you know, in, uh, in the eighties listening to Scott Shannon. I've never, uh, I've never interacted with him. We're friends on, on, on social media, but, uh, I don't think I've ever sent him a note or anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the time he was revolutionizing the entire top 40 format and, you know, top 40 kind of went on to, uh, influence country radio beginning, you know, beginning in the late eighties and early nineties. And even today. So I think we all owe a debt to, uh, to the formatics that Scott Shannon, you know, introduced in New York and, and, uh, and Tampa before that. You know, uh, a lot of folks may, a lot of civilians, I will call them, may <laughs> have a, a, a lot of civilians, I think, have a notion, you know, of what a radio person does. And, you know, generally they think it's really easy, but we all know that it's not easy. You're constantly on deadlines. It's a 24 hour seven day a week medium. Was there ever a time buzz where you doubted yourself and how did you overcome a, a challenge? Maybe there was a, for instance, or, you know, a, a moment in your career where you, you thought, wow, I don't know if I can do this. That is, I mean, full, full confession time here. I think um, a lot of radio people have that, um, you know, we talked about it before, before we started here, that imposter syndrome thing where it's like, I can't believe you know, that, that, that someone more talented isn't doing this job instead of me. Um, I don't know. It's really hard to get over that sometimes, you know, you have a, a down, uh, a down book or, uh, you know, uh, a contest blows up or something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, we're, I think radio people, I think in general are, are maybe solitary in nature. We spend all our time in a room by ourselves with the windows closed, talking to a can, you know, uh, and the truth is we're talking to, you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people, but, um, I don't, it's, it's tough sometimes to find, um, camaraderie sometimes, you know, we're all competitors. We're all wanting to, uh, you know, to win. And sometimes it's hard to find certainly people, you know, in your peer group, um, you know, you have to search sometimes and find people that you can really count on for that. Sure. Um, my wife is my wife is my biggest cheerleader. She's the one who encouraged me to, you know, um, fill out for the first ACM that I won. And that got the bug in me to, you know, enter for the ACM, the, the CMAs and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all that. So, I mean, you know, I can certainly my wife always does a great job of, uh, of propping me up. But I think um, it's interesting you, you mentioned that I, in my experience, you know, having had some programmers in in years past, you know, a lot of them said, Oh, you don't, we don't need to apply for those, you know, uh, awards. It's, it's all political, blah, 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 blah. And that was one of the first things that I insisted that our team did together is to start tooting our own horns. I think it's important. Um, absolutely. Now we are seeing, you know, some effects and, and I just think it's, it's important to, to acknowledge when we've done something really well together as a team, as a station. Yep. 100%. What piece of technology invented in the last, let's say 10 to 15 years has helped you the most in your job? Uh, Probably um, anything that runs iOS. I've got an iPad and an iPhone sitting right in front of me and they've helped keep me organized. I'm not typically an organized, a really well-organized person. And um, so, you know, 
I used to keep a, a notepad by the bed. And if I woke up in the middle of the night with a great idea, I'd write it down. But, you know, my handwriting would be terrible. And I had no idea what I had written in the next morning. And so to be able to just grab my phone and open up the notes app and just leave myself or email myself a message, um, you know, unencumbered by my terrible handwriting in the middle of the night, um, you know, stuff like that. The uh, There's an app called Evernote um, that I use all the time. I use it for show prep. I use it for collecting ideas. Um, and, um, it's one of the few apps that I pay for a subscription for and, uh, uh, and it's a lifesaver and I could, you know, I could go back seven or eight years now, uh, and tell you what I did at a particular time during a particular show, um, just because that's how I lay out my show prep now. I've heard of that app. In fact, I think I might've downloaded that at one time, but I will check that out again because organization is everything in radio yep. as busy as you are. I know that's got to be a huge help. But as final question for you, what advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, up and coming in radio? Find somebody that you respect and reach out and say, hey, and see, you know, what they have to offer you. I'm, I'm always happy to talk to uh, folks, uh, you know, in, in other markets. And, you know, I've done some of that within the company where, you know, somebody in the company might reach out for an idea or something like that. And I'm, I'm thrilled. First of all, I'm thrilled to be asked, but I'm also thrilled that, um, you know, that I can maybe provide some uh some thought starters or uh, an opportunity to just bounce ideas off of. Uh, mentoring is everything. And, um, you know, I'm glad that, uh, that I've had the opportunity to mentor a couple of people along the way, you know, as I've been mentored by others. And I hope that continues. Well, congratulations again. And we're going to have you stick around because at the end, I'm sure some folks are going to have some questions for both you and Steve. And um, you, your, your reputation is, is everything, Buzz. You're such a, a good human being and, um, thank you for being a part of this with me tonight. Unfortunately, I can't do this all the time because I'm on the air, you know, when this happens. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it was a holiday and I was able to, you know, uh, uh, to be here for this because I've, I've been watching it kind of from afar and I'd like to participate more often. But uh, a lot of that depends on. appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Stand by Lloyd. Boy, you know, you heard that, right? Two of the most friendly people in our industry talking to each other right here on the radio rally. And there's no wonder that you come in contact with either Buzz Jackson or Heather Froglier. You you come in contact with either one of them. You're going to have a fun time. They're going to be helpful, whatever you're doing. Buzz is going to stick around a few minutes in case you have some questions following our second interview coming up. And of course, I want to say thank you to Heather. Of course, uh, if you've not done this, you really need to do this. Please check uh, Heather out any afternoon on KFrog on the stream because I'm sure they'd love to have you hanging out hearing what she's doing all over the West Coast. We love visiting with radio on the radio rally with our group, The Encouragers. Our Wednesday event, The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast, is now available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. When you subscribe to that podcast, you'll immediately get access to things like when Jen Lee, who is the she's the head technical innovation officer at Audible, she shared with us exactly how she inspires innovation and how she works with a team of really innovative people to consistently search for ways to connect with consumers today, something that anybody in the radio business can benefit from for absolute sure. We hope that you'll share our podcast, of course when they become available too. Everything we're doing is about supporting the community of employees that work in radio and work in audio. Please also share our social media, share 
share what we got going on with other people. You can share our guest calendar, which we put out periodically, or you can just give us a shout out on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever platform you choose. It's another way that people come in contact with our new group on Clubhouse called the Encouragers. If you believe in local radio the way that we do, uh, you think everybody needs a little encouragement like we do, the Encouragers is a great thing for you to share. Our next guest is the Director of Broadcast Operations for Griffin Communications in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now listen, he was the AC format leader for Cox Media Group for several decades. Steve, please welcome to the Encouragers and our radio rally. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Thank you again for the invite tonight. It's great to uh, be with you guys. And also, Buzz, I really enjoyed your story. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, once we get that radio bug, it's really hard to move on. And growing up in Long Island as well, it's just it's an amazing story. So thank you for sharing that. So, you know, it is kind of ironic. We're having what we're calling our Western Sky event with two people from New York. It, it is amazing. We transplant that. We don't say that too long. Yeah, I don't know if you picked up on that, but it's like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, listen, uh, Steve, take us back to the beginning. How did you end up in the radio business? What in the world happened to you? <laughs> I, I lost my mind somewhere along the way. No, actually, you know, like like Buzz was talking about, you know, you get the bug early in your life. And I grew up in, in Deer Park, New York, and, you know, riding around with my parents, listening to WNBC, listening to WABC, and just, just the incredible radio that was going on in New York at that time. And then, you know, PLJ, Z100, all those influential radio stations that were part of our life. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to get that out of, out of your system. And, you know, moving to Tulsa, uh, you know, with my dad, when he got transferred with American Airlines, he was an exec with them, and, and they do all their maintenance out here in Tulsa. That's why we wound up here. People always say, how do you go from New York to Tulsa? That was, that was a big jump and a culture shock. But grateful that it happened. But, you know, listening to some great radio stations. And my dad also, he's an engineer, a bright guy, and he built me a pirate radio station in my closet. And I actually had a heat kit transmitter, 125 watts and AM, and and just, you know, broadcast to the school district. And it was fun. And But, you know, wasn't sure if that was going to be a career. So I was going to the University of Oklahoma. And my sister came to me one day and said, hey, my friend, her mom's company just bought a radio station in Tulsa, and I didn't believe her at first. It was actually a station I listened to. It was a 14K, 92K, KELI, and I'm like, there's no way. And I said, I'll give you 25 bucks if you give me an interview, and uh, she did. And so I was driving home every weekend from Norman, Oklahoma, to work for 425 an hour. But it was it was my you know entry into into radio. It was an interesting time to try it. And but, you know, once you're in, you're in. So it, 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 that's that's kind of how I got in, went from pirate radio into real radio. Well, Steve, there's a couple of interesting things in there. First, I laughed. Thank God it was on mute when you said that your dad built this pirate radio station for you. But the second thing is you're kind of a fast talker. Did you say you slipped her twenty five dollars to get you an interview? <laughs> I did. I gave her twenty five dollars because she said, hey, my, my friend's her friend worked for an attorney and her mom worked for an attorney and they were investors and they bought these radio stations here in so, Tulsa. So, no, wait a minute. So, so it took you a weekend and a half to get the money back. It did. It did. Well, actually, it took me about a month and a half, probably. Oh. We took out the gas money of driving back from Norman, Oklahoma. Well, if you're going to include expenses, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. All right. So, so let's talk about this because your story is kind of incredible. At Cox Media, you know, Cox Media had this reputation for being very heavy research driven and highly focused on strategy and strategy development. Are you you still that guy today at Griffin Communications? 
You know, I, I think I learned a lot, you know, working for, you know, great people like Bob Neal, you know, Buzz, you mentioned Rusty. We worked around Rusty as well with our country properties. And I learned so much, you know, working with those guys. And I, I got to say, every week I use something that I learned from 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 those guys, Bob Neal, especially, you know, Bob really took the time to talk about research and teach me about research. And many sleepless nights worried when I got one of those emails in the middle of the night from Bob about a music test. And but I, I use those. But, you know, the thing that I learned is Bob was very heavy on the science. And again, I really appreciate that. But, you know, as, as I got further into my career and I worked with other really great programmers and great leaders like, you know, Kim Guthrie, who, you know, taught me about combining the art and the science. So, yes, the research is still very important. It's a big part of what we do. But I think the art is, is such a big part of what we do as well. So, yes, I do hang on to the research part, but I think I've, I've learned to be able to think a little bit and to bring people into the fold that kind of helped me with the art part. You know, it's really interesting. Before I got involved with Rusty Walker, I got involved with some people at a small market radio station in Texas, and they were all art. So I got the art portion first, and then I met the science portion. So it's really interesting. It doesn't matter as long as you get both, right? You got to. You got to have them both to, to make a great radio station. All right. So there's there's always people's reputation and kind of what people think they're known for what other people think they're known for i think you're widely known as that ac guy you're an ac guy right of course you know you've done other formats for years but you know how people like to hang a label on things is ac your favorite format no it really isn't you know there's there's you know there's a lot of musical taste that i have in my personal life but ac is kind of what i got into when i went to uh krav you know back in the 90s after after i you know really got after I left kick 99, which was actually my first real PD job. And I, I was working for a rock station and then the Owens group came in and actually leased a station here in Tulsa. And it, it, that was an AC station. And, you know, Buzz, you talked about kind of that young country time back in, back in the early nineties that really kicked in when you had Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks, all those guys kicking in like 92. So my first PD job was actually in country, and I learned so much working for the Owens guys. And, you know, they had KNIX, and that was always kind of the, the dream station for every country programmer, one of the legendary country stations at the time. And so actually my first PD job was in country, and, you know, I was a, a guy from New York, really didn't listen to country much before the job, but I learned it and loved it. So that, that was kind of the start. So, you know, a lot of people forgot about that part because I spent 22 years in AC with Cox, but... Uh, AC is a great format, but I love country. I love classic rock. I love top 40. I love news talk. There's so many great formats out there, but I, I definitely got that, that label of the AC guy. Wow. And it's really interesting because, you know, research is so important with these adult contemporary stations. It's not for the faint of heart, is it, Steve? No, not really. And, you know, back back in those days, I mean, AC stations, especially, you know, when, when Cox Radio was really in its prime, I mean, those those the AC stations, B98 in Atlanta, you had, you know, Magic in Tampa, you had all these really great, solid AC stations, Magic in San Antonio, we had Mix in Tulsa, and these stations were very strategic, very research-based, but a lot of times they were kind of missing soul in the art, but AC is, is definitely a very research format, and I'm grateful to have had all that experience because you, you learn that stuff, and that stays with you the rest of your career. Well, I'm going to say this, too. Even though you're over there in Tulsa, uh, with Cox Media, you you really got to be a part of other things in other markets and see and learn from some other people, didn't you? No, it really it really was was a blessing uh, to, you know, I was on the road, you know, at, 
in, you know, for most of my career there, two or three weeks out of the month, which, which was great because I got to go around and experience other markets and learn other markets, whether, you know, it was Miami or Orlando or, you know, up in, on Long Island, you know, back with the work with BLI, we had the stations in Connecticut as well. And uh, it was just fun to, you know, every week be in a market or two and get to learn from some of the best in the business and to be around those people and be in different markets. But at the end of the day, I got to come home or at the end of the week, I got to come home to a place that I really enjoyed living. And what's the key to doing that when, when you're the guy that the company taps on and you go to everybody's environment? Don't you find it puts more pressure on you, on your people skills, on your, you know, because you, you want to you really win their hearts, right? It's hard. And every, every one of those markets was different. You had different people at different levels of their career. And like myself being in Tulsa, most of my career, a lot of those people were in their respective markets, most or all of their career too. So you had to respect their knowledge of the market. I mean, obviously Miami is very different than Tulsa and San Antonio is very different than Tulsa. Connecticut is very different, but to go in there and listen to these people and find out, you know, what they do, but find the correlations and how you tie it back to the company, you know, what, what our vision was for the format and, you know, the research and making those stations all win, but it wasn't one size fits all because that would never have worked. That's right. Now, I, you know, you hear this, people say it all the time. They're like, well, my market's really different, you know, and you hear a lot of consultants say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every market's the same. Well, Everybody. well listen, uh, the truth is that the data is different in every market. So of course, every market is different, right? Absolutely. I mean, every market's got different influential, you know, musical tastes, different backgrounds, different cultures, and, and you've got to take that into consideration. Otherwise, we just do one big music test and share it among all ACs, all country, all rock stations. But it doesn't work that way. Well, and for instance, just just to point this out, you know, Hispanic in Miami, if you've worked in Miami, like you and I have done some projects there. And if you've worked in San Antonio, that's two different things. Yeah, and that's what people will say. They'll say, well, they're both heavily Hispanic markets, but they're so, so different as far as, you know, the, the Hispanics have been assimilated into the culture, have been in the U United States for several generations. Uh, you've got, you know, in Miami, you've got Puerto Rican, you've got Cuban, you know, in, in San Antonio, it's mostly, you know, those that, you know, again, have been here a generation or two or three from, from Mexico. So it's it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, they're, they're exactly the same. But I can tell you, as you can, Lloyd, from having worked with me on these projects, it's very right. different. Very different. All right. So now I get to ask you something exciting, and I don't know if everybody will pick up on this, but I hope that you will. <laughs> it looks to me just looking at your market from the outside and looking at your influence and your work there, you're using what I would call some innovative strategies in terms of people assets and, and really the configuration in Tulsa to elevate your programming. Have you always been inventive in your approach to solutions, or is this what you're talking about where now you're like, okay, I get the research, I have to have a little art. No, I, I, that's a great question. I think it's, it's one of those things that I think as we are in the business longer, we work around great people and learn from people and, and take a little bit from each of those markets and the people you work around. You put that all together and obviously, you know, we grow in our careers, but I think, you know, Tulsa is in a very competitive battle with all of our stations. It's, it's one of those markets that there's about 24 signals in the market that, that show up in Nielsen. So we have to be clever we have to be innovative and, and i think you know surrounding myself with i've got four of the best pds that i've ever had around me in, in my career that i get to work with every day and a lot of these people in my building have come from cox and you know have a lot of the same training that that i do 
But then there's some others that have, you know, worked with iHeart and so, you know, several of the other companies across the country. And I think, you know, it's, it's just been a very good learning experience. I'm also very fortunate that the guys I work for have resources to do things and do things well, but they are brand new to radio. So, uh, they, they, you know, they really trust what we tell them, which is really nice. Boy, I tell you, that is nice. You know, look, everybody is so busy. I, I get people that talk to me about this because, you know, here we are on the radio rally, okay, which is obviously we do this every Monday night on Clubhouse, but it's also a podcast. So I want to include this question, especially for you, because you've been in a, a role where you're mentoring and where you're hiring and where you're trying to utilize the right people assets in the right places. If, if you want to get a job, with Steve Hunter, with your fabulous team in Tulsa, what is the best way to get your attention today? Okay, given that everybody's so busy. Well, you're absolutely right, and and we do we do keep busy, and we you know we're in meetings, we're in conference calls, we're you know on the road, but you know one of the things I try to do because I remember what it was like to be that kid, and, and I actually remember calling FM ninety six here in Tulsa as a kid and talking to some of the people and. They were always very kind to take my phone calls. And now I know them as adults. And some of those guys have actually retired. And I went to one of the retirement parties and I thanked Charlie. I said, you took my call as a young radio punk. And that guy still remember taking that call and taking the time to talk to me and give me the tour. And I, I feel every day we've got to do that, whether it's somebody who's been in the business a while or somebody that's brand new that wants to break into it. You know, we've got people in our building that are TV people that are interested in wanting to get into radio. And I think you just, you have to budget that time. You have to set that that time aside, and and remember that somebody back in the day took your call. Absolutely, and we talked about that earlier. You know, when when you're intimidated and you call somebody and they turn out to be this really nice person, you're like, oh my god, that's like a double double. You know, so now that really layers in pretty nicely to what Heather earlier called the Mount Rushmore question. I love. So that. could you share? Could you share with us a mentor or two? And here's how I like to do it: somebody okay. from your career, maybe. We also want you to share maybe one quick story about why a specific person meant so much to you. If it, if you could like inhabit that in an answer. Wow, that's it is tough because I've got you know I was thinking about that as as, as uh, Heather asked was the question. And I've got so many. I mean, I mentioned Kim Guthrie, who was very influential in my career. Bob Neal as well. Uh, Beverly Bryant, again, was somebody that I learned a lot from. Gary Reynolds. But the story I've got to tell you guys is somebody, uh, her name was Jan Dean. Unfortunately, we lost her several years ago. Uh, she passed away at age 48. But I grew up listening to her on the radio. And you talk about one of those people that was so kind when I got to meet her and work for her for a short amount of time. And she taught me the human part of it. She, you know, she's like, she told me when she met me, she's like, look, you, you know a lot about radio. And she said, you're good at radio. But the thing I'm going to work with you on is, is, is the human part. And it's don't ever ask your team to do anything you yourself wouldn't do. And Jan didn't just say it, but Jan actually did it. And, and you, know, I, you know, many times thinking, how would Jan handle the situation? Jan was just, she was the best when it came to working with people. And I guess my best story was, you know, I was working for a radio station once and, and like we've all had, we've had those stations that struggled and, and didn't do so well. And I was working for Jan and there were three of us. There was a morning guy, Jan uh, was his co-host and I was doing afternoons in APD. And the owner of the station went to Jan and said, look, you know, we're, things are tight. Um, you know, Mike and Steve really have got to go. Uh, we've got to save some money and you can run the station. She could automate it. And, and Jan said, look, she said, you know, Steve's a young broadcaster. Steve has a lot of runway and a lot he can do to help you. 
and Jan actually walked away from her job. And I didn't find that out for about six or nine months later that she said, she told Gary, the owner, she said, look, you'd be better off with this guy. And I'll never forget that because how many people would give up their jobs so that somebody else could keep theirs? And I was newly married and she knew it would be devastating for me to, to lose my job at that point. So I'll always remember that. I tell you what, that's a great example. And I think the answer to that question is point zero zero zero. Well, anyway, you get it. Uh, you know, I wish I could be as fun as Heather is with her questions. I always, <laughs> tend to, I always tend to be just a little bit more serious, you know, and I, I do think we're in serious times. You've seen the employee disruption in our business, especially in recent years, looking at the business right now. So we're going to get important for a second. What advice can you give others about the direction to take their careers? In other words, specifically, what are the skills that you see that people should be sharpening right now? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, there's more than, than being a DJ. Um, I think to connect with people and, you know, Scott Shannon is a great example of that talking about how to become a personality because people will, you know, will attra be attracted to you as a personality instead of, you know, a DJ as, you know, people tend to stereotype us as you got to connect with the audience. You got to do prep. You got to get out there and meet the community. But in the day of voice tracking and at a market voice tracking and Sirius and Pandora and all that, I think you've got to get out and you've got to meet your public. And I think a lot of people are really good in the studio, but I think over the last, especially over the last year and a half where we weren't really able to get out, I'm noticing that we're kind of having to relearn that skill a little bit, getting out there and meeting people getting involved in your communities and really being that local face for your radio station. But on top of that, I think you've got, you've got to learn other skills. You've got to learn things. You've got to learn the research part of it. You've got to learn the leadership part of it. You've got to learn, uh, you know, music scheduling. There's so many other things in a radio station that somebody could learn that makes them more valuable instead of just going in. And, you know, back in the day, you know, we all grew up watching WKRP it was, you know, four and out the door, but, um, uh, you know, I think those days have long passed us and really to get into the business and stay in the business, you've got to learn as much as you can. And, you know, back in the day, I remember telling people as a kid, I, I would never do country, never do country. I never listened to it, didn't like it. And now it's been a part of my career, almost my entire career. So just learn as much as you can and, and network with people and find people that can mentor you. Because if you ask, you'll be surprised just about everybody will do it. I'm going to get to sneak one last question in on here, uh, you know, talking about these uh, additional things as as I always like to say, look, I get it. There are a lot of people you can find these people on social media. You just say one thing or the other and they'll come right to you uh, how radio is dying or radio is dead. And and I, I really have more recently developed an idea where I'm going, look, you know what? That's not true. Old radio has passed away as old things always do and new things replace them today do you spend a lot of your time talking to your talents about how they develop their social media and and specifically about being memorable because i think you know when ppm came along people were like oh being memorable is not important uh, that's a lie that's Absolutely. a big deal. Do you spend your time with these two things, social media, encouraging people to put themselves out there and being memorable? Absolutely. I encourage them, you know, again, if, if, if the listeners communicate with us through social media, the days of the request line, I think are part of old radio. But, you know, we've got some great people and great shows. You know, we, we just hired Tig and Daniel. They, they joined us from Nashville. They moved here a couple months ago. And they're great. I've watched them work social media. They do, you know, even before they worked here, they do a thing called 
the tiny couch where they, you know, interview country music artists on a tiny couch and just in their own remarkable way of connecting with the audience and country music artists. We have Chubbs and Casey on our top 40 and, and just watching them in the community and watching them connect with people. So I think, you know, just, yeah, I mean, when we do air check sessions, it used to always be about the break, about the content, but now we also look and see what else is going on around the show. I think those things are incredible opportunities for us in the 2020s. Okay. Uh, Steve, I want to thank you for carving out a little time with us and spending some time with us and, and becoming one of the encouragers. You know, everybody needs encouragement. That's what I swear. That's what I'm saying these days. And I think it's just as authentic as you can get. So I appreciate you being here. Steve, will you stick around for a few minutes in case uh, we have some other folks who might want to ask you a few questions about making those shrewd and difficult programming choices in 2021 and beyond? Absolutely. Be happy to. All right. So every week we have visits from radio pros from different parts of the country, and we do it for one single reason. We're here to encourage you, encourage anyone making a living from the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people you ordinarily might not get to hear, and you'll be able to do it in an intimate setting on Clubhouse and uh, hear about radio right now. Not something that's happened in the past, what's going on right now, and you can meet them in our Clubhouse events, and that's pretty valuable in today's world. This group is for you. We need your help to spread our message. We're not the kind of people that take for granted that people know where we are, know what we're doing. We know that people are really busy. We want to encourage all broadcasters, and of course, we're asking you to please share the podcast, which will be up in the next hour or so. The one that you're listening to right now is a live event. We'll post that on iTunes, Spotify, about 20 other platforms as well. Follow people on this stage during this live event and look around the room to see other folks that you may want to connect and network with. Make those phone calls. Reach out to somebody. Give them an email. Tap on them on Facebook or LinkedIn. Our purpose our purpose here is to be encouraging and to give you an additional networking opportunity. It's a big part of what we think encouraging your broadcast career is. Don't forget next week, Devin O'Day is going to join us. She'll be a co-host for Heather Froglier, who is going to be on vacation. Our guests next week include David Dubow, who's market president, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and the very creative and very talented morning show star, Steve Kramer from Kramer and Jess Mornings, Mix 106.5 WWMX in Baltimore. And you will not want to miss what these people are going to share. Check in anytime to get the latest update as we continue to add guests to our event. We do publish full updates dates for both of our podcasts, both of our live events on Clubhouse at RainmakerPathway.com. And that's where you can also get free and fresh resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We don't lock away anything on our website because we are actually here to encourage your career. We care about the people in radio. And of course, we want you to look for our free blog section for the hookup that you can share with your friends, of course. We are going to open up the room here in just a second, just in case there are some questions from you for our guest, anybody on our panel, just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or your Android 
and uh, it you know will bring you right to the stage. We do ask that you mute your microphone right away if you do come up onto the stage. There's a kind of a vocal integrity thing that goes on here, or an audio integrity thing with Clubhouse. Before we get started, I do want to remind you, you can nominate anyone to become a member of this group by going directly from your screen on your iPhone, Android, or tablet. There's a little plus sign down there. You can kind of get people involved in what we're doing. We really appreciate your help doing that. Also, don't forget to join us Wednesdays on Clubhouse for our live event called Innovation and Audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we will have two guests, but just like normal for Innovation and Audio, only one will be from radio itself. The other is usually someone who handles and works consistently with innovation itself and they may or may not directly be tied to radio or even audio itself. It's our way to give you a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, yes, just two days from now, our live innovation and audio event will feature disruptor Steve Caldwell, PhD, professional coach, consultant, author, and speaker. He's going to talk about what's in his book, uh, getting rid of stinking thinking. You'll hear more about that next or this coming Wednesday. Jeremy Katz will also be with us, a partner at Above Below Marketing and editorial director for Ogilvy. You will not want to miss him. So uh, let's kind of open things up and see if uh, there are questions for Buzz Jackson or Steve Hunter or anyone on our panel. If you have a question now is the time. What about you, Heather? You've got something for either Buzz or Steve left in the can in there? Oh, I just thought it was a really great discussion today. Guys, thanks for being a part of it. Thank Absolutely. you, Heather. I know holidays are a little difficult for everybody, so. You know, it is one of those things where you don't know what's going to happen on a holiday. We're grateful that people <laughs> join us and, and are a part of this. We do try to keep things to just about an hour. And I do want to thank you for joining us every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the radio rally. Remember, if you know someone that you would like to hear as a guest on the radio rally and you don't email me at Ford at rainmakerpathway.com. It ain't my fault. We do hope you have a rock star week. We do like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the radio rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. Join us next Monday for these great guests on the radio rally, David Dubow, who is going to be part of our being real on the radio event. He is the market president at town square media in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He'll be joined of course with Steve, Steve Kramer from Kramer and Jess Mornings on Mix 106.5 WWMX in Baltimore, Maryland. Please don't forget, we're also going to be lucky to have Devin O'Day, new media host and developer at Main Street Media, co-hosting that event. Heather Froglier is going to be on vacation or out that week. We do this once a week. We appreciate you being a part of it. A big thank you tonight to Heather Froglier for being such a great co-host of this event. Our thanks to Buzz Jackson and Steve Hunter for being uh, very patient with us and giving guests, of course. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available in the next hour or two, or maybe sooner. And thank you to Just Joe Productions for creating Audio Footprint and distributing the podcast.
Please do share the podcast for the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio with others that you know who are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night. Happy birthday! Thank you. Happy birthday. Good night. Good night, everybody.